Good morning. Okay, that was weak. We like things really loud in kids' church. Good morning. Much, much better. Give it up for our city kids. Didn't they do fabulous? Oh, my goodness. Okay, so my name is Kim Garner, and I have the privilege and the honor of working with your kids each and every Sunday. Um, so thank you for bringing them, and today I need some help. But I need someone who maybe could sit up straight and tall and raise their hand. Do I have anybody who wants to help me? Oh, pick me, pick me, we're Miss, talk Miss about... Kim, Miss Kim, I'm sitting up super straight and super quiet. I'm sitting right here. Come on, you got to pick me. Okay, pick I me. need someone who's sitting up straight and tall um, and quiet. Straight and tall. Do I have anybody? Super anybody quiet, anywhere? super straight, super tall at your service. Pick me, pick me, pick me, pick me, pick me. You, um, hey, you, okay, you straight and tall and quiet and right not there. wearing their pajamas to church or pushing people out of the way. It's just that guy. That was rude. Just, oh, you're going to pick me? No, yes, no, I didn't me. pick you. I didn't. No, 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 yes. no, no. Turn right back around no, and go. No, 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 no. Hey, hey, hi. 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 My name's Nene. I'm seven and a half years old. Mama says I'm super tall and I talk a lot. You sure do. All right. I need deep breaths. Hey, so I'm up here. I'm doing it. Oh, there's a chair. You don't even know what we're doing. I didn't even get to finish saying what we were doing. You, I'll tell you what we're going to do. No, it doesn't work that way. There's a lot of people. You didn't tell me there's well, this many people. I didn't tell you to come you up here either. Okay. You didn't tell me there's this many people. Catch a bubble. Okay. We are talking about prayer today, right? Because we pray first, so we're talking about prayer. And so I needed someone to help me with prayer and you look like you're about to pass out, so go ahead and let that bubble go. I know lots about prayer. Let me pray for you, okay? Dear Lord, dear Lord, we just thank you so much for mom and dad and the dog Spot and Stinky, and, and we just thank you for Publix and their subs, and we just thank you so much. Okay, um, Nene, 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 Catch a bubble. And these green no, beans, no, no, no. And I don't like green beans. Okay. Ew. He licked me. Okay. Sickening. That's really gross. Sickening. All right. Listen. Yes. That is a great, great prayer. That was fabulous. And I love. I can keep going. No, nope, no. Nope, I don't need you to keep going. Listen, Nene. Well, I'm seven and a half years old. I, I know what I'm doing. I know. All seven and a half year olds know what they're doing. Listen. True story. I love that you're praying for your mom and your dog. I can dance Fortnite. Nope. Nope. Um, and public subs are great. Praise Jesus for those. But um, we're not talking about that kind of prayer. We're, we're talking about a Oh, yes. You're talking about the one where the guy swung the, the thing here and he swung it over there and knocked that big guy down. The big guy got up. No, he, wait, he didn't get back up. No, he stayed down on the ground and he was over and okay. there's a prayer and it's over. And Nene. one, two, three, four, five. Nene. I counted. That's the story of David and Goliath. We're not talking about that story today? No, I said we're talking about prayer. Well, then why did you need the biggest seven-and-a-half-year-old there is? I didn't ask for the biggest seven-and-a-half-year-old that there was. You came up here on your own. Unbelievable. <laughs> so what are we talking about? <laughs> we're, ta <laughs> we're talking about prayer, Nene. Do you know of a specific prayer in the Bible? I just told you one. No, that was a story of David and Goliath. Well, Do you not pay attention when Pastor Nathan speaks? What prayer are we talking about? <laughs> um, the Lord's Prayer. Do yes, you know? I know that one. The Lord's Prayer. Okay, can you do it for us? Hallowed be his name, thy kingdom comes, thy will be done. Done. On heavens as it is on earth. Something, 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 something. Nailed it. <laughs> 
you were a little off on that. Maybe we should let Pastor Eugene <gasps> go on from here because I no, don't think no, you know no. what you're doing. We and no, 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 Miss Kim. We should not let him tell us because he's that guy that teaches the kids. He's really kind of fat and he's losing his hair. <laughs> That's Pastor Nathan. <laughs> that guy stinks a lot. He sure does. Wait a second. Just don't let he that really tall, does. just don't let that tall redhead guy with the muscles come get me. Okay, that's Pastor Glenn, and I'm gonna make him come get you if you, you don't not. stop being rude. I'm gonna find my mommy, I'm finding my mommy right yeah, now. Yeah, who does mommy. he belong to? Mommy, hey mommy, mommy. He needs to go. Mommy, Okay, mommy. I'm so sorry, mommy. I'm gonna try to find his mom. Get my mommy, who's my mommy? Miss Kim, are you my mommy? I am not your mommy. Where are you, where's mommy? Mommy. Good morning, City Church family. Welcome to Family Day 2019. We are so honored that you are here today. And uh, we have some very special guests. My own blood sister and her family and her husband are in the very back. Joe and Pasquale and Abby and Joey. Can you give them a great big hand? Can you welcome them? Thank them for being with us today. We love you. Mi familia. There you go. Mi español poquito. Yeah. Hey, today's Family Day 2019, and I'm wearing something really special here today. Ever, anyone know what this is? Come on, what is this? It's a whistle. Uh, you know why this whistle is important to me? This whistle represent, represents something very special. As a matter of fact, this whistle hangs on the mirror in my bedroom, and it's hung there for many years. Because 30 years ago, I put this whistle on and became a children's pastor. Now, I didn't know when I went to Bible college that God was calling me to be a children's pastor. As a matter of fact, I never felt like I was a children's pastor. I was a coordinator. I could empower other people to do it. But I learned something very powerful about a whistle. I can control this whole room. I can control thousands of people with a little tiny whistle. It's all called B.F. Skinner's behavioral modification like training a dog. <laughs> And uh, what we would do is uh, we, we would run a program. We actually would, would go out in buses and vehicles and pick children up and bring them back to our church, and we would teach them a Bible story. And I learned really quick that when you get a lot of kids from a lot of different backgrounds from, that don't necessarily go to church and their families aren't there, uh, what I've learned that almost all kids, when you put them in the room, they want to make a lot of noise. Isn't that right? Well, they want to, come on, they want to make a lot of noise. And you guys got to own that. You got to own that they, they like to make noise, and it's fun, and it's okay, and and so we would get him in the room, and we would explain kind of the guidelines, the rules. Everyone say rules. I know we don't have rules anymore. We have words of encouragement. But, but we had rules back 30 years ago, and, and we put up on the screen. And, and the very first rule was no bathroom. Everyone say no bathroom. That's a good rule. That's a good rule for the church today. No bathroom. So once you come in here, like, 
just for the next, you know, 35 minutes, 40 minutes, you're going to not go to the bathroom. So no bathroom. And the second rule or guideline or encouragement to them was no bad language. Everyone say no bad language. I mean, you know, that's a good one to practice at church. All right, amen. And then the third one was no bashing. Everyone say no bashing. You know what that meant? Keep your hands to yourself. So you can keep your hands to yourself, right? No bashing today. And so we would start off like that, and then we would have the kids make a lot of, okay, we're going to get all the wigglies and squigglies out, and we're going to have you make a lot of noise. And when I blow this whistle, I want you to get as quiet as you can. I want to be able to hear a pen drop in here. So, so I would say, okay, kids, on the count of three, I want you to scream and make as much noise as you can. We're going to practice that right now. Can we do that? Come on. Can we do that? Come on. Just humor me. Just humor me. I know that, you know, just for a moment, step back in time and put your kid on. Everyone say, put your kid on. Come on. Just help me out. Just humor me here. All right. Put your kid on. We're going to just scream and make a bunch of noise. On the count of three. One, two, three. Oh, we got to practice that again. You're slow. I mean, when I blow that whistle, boom, I mean, it gets quiet. That's how we started kids' ministry. And God really, really taught me so much back then. And what happened in that, in that season of my life 30 years ago is I really began to understand the importance of raising up the next generation. I mean, really, it's just got into my heart. And for the last 30 years of ministry, Miss Laura and I, everywhere we've been, our commitment, our commitment to the family was to empower you to raise up the next generation. It started right there, equipping the next generation. There's a couple of core values that we're going to hit on. The reason we do Family Day, it really helps you understand as a community what our commitment is. As a matter of fact, when we first started City Church back in Altamont Springs 20, 20 years ago, right? 20 years ago, sorry, 20 years ago, we had two buses. The, very, the way the church grew is that we took buses into the community because we we're still old school, didn't have money, didn't have television, didn't have media. But we run buses in the community and pick children and families up on Sunday to come to church. And it's how the church grew. It's exactly how it happened. Our heart has always been that. But the other value today, and the value that we're going to communicate over the next six weeks in this series entitled Living the Lord's Prayer is, pray, is prayer. Living the Lord's Prayer. The next value, and it is the core value, it's our number one value here at City Church, is prayer. So we're going to talk about that. Now, before we get into that real quick, a couple things tonight, 5 p.m. Growth Track. Everyone say Growth Track. If you haven't taken your next step, you need to go to Growth Track. And I want to encourage you. You can discover what God has in store for you, but also how you can make a difference in our community. And then small groups are coming up right around the corner. And, and if you've not led a small group yet, or maybe you were still on the valley or kind of on the bubble about leading one, August 17th, there's going to be another small group training session. I would encourage you to take part in that and just, just make a difference in your community. Get together so you can grow, connect, and care with other believers. All right, I want you to stand with me this morning. We're going to read our Bible text. Our Bible text is actually reading what many have called the Lord's Prayer. It's better named the Disciples' Prayer. Everyone say the Disciples' Prayer. Because this prayer was taught by Jesus 2,000 years ago on the seashore of Galilee. On the northern end of Galilee, where Jesus spent most of his ministry, Jesus would sit down with multitudes, I mean literally thousands of people, and he would talk to them about this relationship, this understanding of God's kingdom, God's purpose, God's plan on planet earth. 
And he would say words that were so radical, so revolutionary, that literally 2,000 years later, the whole world, all 6.7 billion people on planet Earth have been severely and deeply impacted. Because what happened is that there were a group of people that really believed that was the way that they were to live their life. And in the middle of this conversation that Jesus was having, in the middle of this talk, I like to say, in the middle of Jesus' preaching, and it, uh, back then, man, these guys preached for hours. I mean, they, you think people travel for a long ways to get to hear this guy talk, and like he, they talk for hours. No, we're not going to teach for hours today. We've got a room full of kids. We're going to do our best to move through this this morning. But in the middle, Jesus begins to talk to them about how to pray. As a matter of fact, the disciples asked this question. They said, Lord, will you teach us the way that you pray? I mean, there's something different about your life. Like you heal people and people's lives are changed. And you have this special connection relationship with God that no one else seems to have. And so Jesus went on to say these words. And what we're going to do is we're going to read this all together. Come on, we're going to do a public reading today. And so I believe everyone, almost everyone, how many of you have never heard the Lord's Prayer in your life before? You've never heard it or you've never said it. Anybody here? Okay. So we've all heard this prayer before, and so we're going to say this together. Everybody ready? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Next slide. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. However you want to say that. Amen in Espanol. Amen. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for an amazing revelation that you gave to us through your, your son, your one and only son, Jesus. Jesus, when you came to planet Earth, Lord, you were here. You walked among us sinless and perfect, and you were so... You, you, were, you were so real. You were so real to people that it, they wanted what you had. And what you had is a special relationship with the Heavenly Father. And Jesus, you taught your people how to talk to the Father, how to have a relationship with him. And God, I just pray right now in these next few moments that you'll help us as a congregation. God, it will help us personally to see the power of having this divine connection and talking with you all the time but also corporately as a congregation. Something will ignite in our hearts. Something that will ignite our hearts, not only change our church environment, but will change our community environment, that we'll be called the people of prayer. Lord, I thank you today that you've given us your spirit. He enables us to hear with spiritual ears. So thank you, Holy Spirit, for being here today. We ask this all right now in the mighty and the wonderful name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. You may be seated. You know, these 72 words, these 72 words have the power to change their life because they're practical. They're really practical. Jesus is explaining here really this simple little this connection that we have with God. And they're, they're, not only are they practical, but they're also very personal. It's something that you and I can take. And when we begin to take these words and we begin to live them out in our life, God's power is released through us. Now, here's a challenge that I've discovered in my life over the years. Uh, the challenge that I've discovered is that... Uh, is that many times we have a wrong concept or idea of what prayer is. 
I mean, many times we think, you know, when we think about prayer, we, you know, we've heard stories about people praying for hours and hours. And, and man, we think, oh, man, I, I mean, hours. And I remember when I was in Bible college, there was a, a group of us guys, and we liked to pray, man. We, who could pray the longest? You know, we would be up at 6 o'clock every morning, and we would be praying. And we had a prayer room at the Bible college that we were at, and we were really dedicated and committed. And then we heard about this guy named Praying John Hyde. Praying John Hyde was a, a man that lived a long time ago, and they said that he prayed so much on his knees that he got camel knees. So, I mean, that was a goal then for every, every man of God at Bible college where we went. We would pray on our knees so long that we would eventually get camel knees. That was the goal. And we have these expectations, and we start to see prayer as more of a performance than a relationship with God. And so I want to give you just a few things today that what prayer is not. Because when you have a wrong concept about prayer, prayer becomes very arduous, very difficult, and you find yourself probably not praying. And so the first thing that you have to see about prayer today, oh, I, f I forgot to mention real quick, I got this out here. Everyone you came in, you should have got a City Church Weekly. Everyone say City Church Weekly. You should have got a City Church Weekly. If you did not get a weekly, you can just raise your hand, and the ushers are going to bring you one. Our kids should have one. Parents, I need your help on this because uh, your kids should have gotten a little pack of crayons that look something like this. And on the back of this weekly, there are simple blanks. I know we're not normally a fill-in-the-blank church, but today we're going to fill in a few blanks. And there's three blanks on here that your kids can fill up, but also you can fill out. Because our pastor used to, in Seattle used to say, a short crayon, everyone say short crayon, is better than a long memory. Better than a long memory. So we're going to take just a moment. And I want to encourage you, come on, just stay in the moment, parents. Help me out here. People in the church, stay in the moment. Just get your crayon or get your pen out. And we're going to fill out on the back of this card, we're going to fill out our city church weekly. So the first thing that I want you to hear today, prayer is not magic. Prayer is not magic. I mean, sometimes people think that, you know, if they say the words, guys, I got some guys over here that need cards, ushers over here, we got some more ushers, all right, thank you guys, I appreciate that. Prayer, prayer is not magic. Like, it's not this mag magic potion, ma magic formula. If we say the, the right words in just the right way, then God is going to respond. It's, it's like, if we say it like the television evangelist, in Jesus' name. You know, we just say these magical words. And sometimes people think that prayer is magic. And, and because they think that prayer is magic, they can manipulate God. Prayer is not an act of manipulation. Sometimes uh, you can go on the internet and all these people talk about getting a hold of the divine force. Getting a hold of this divine force and manipulating this force to work on your personal behalf. Now listen, God wants to work on your personal behalf. But you can't manipulate him. God smells that one a thousand miles, a billion miles away. Uh, you just can't manipulate it. It's just not how God works. We're not manipulating him. We have a personal relationship. And everything that we receive from God is because he, as we sang, he's a good, good father. It's out of the goodness of God, not manipulating God. The, the, the next thing that we have to see is that prayer is not a mantra or mechanistic it's not saying certain specific words in the right way over and over and over. Jesus said, don't be like the pagans who kept babbling. Babbling, babbling has to do with sense of this vain words. There are people that have prayed the Lord's Prayer in a babbling way. 
Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, the kingdom come, the will be done. You know, and they say it in a babbling way, and it's me mechanistic. It doesn't have any significance or because there's no divine connection. There's no divine connection. And the last thing that you have to hear is that prayer is not a monologue. It's not a monologue. Everyone say, not a monologue. Prayer is not a monologue today. Prayer is not a monologue. It's a conversation. So what prayer is, this is prayer. Prayer is simply this. Prayer is a special conversation with our Heavenly Father. Prayer is a special conversation. One writer said prayer is an, an encounter. Prayer is an encounter and a conversation, a personal conversation with our Father. Prayer is an encounter and a personal conversation with our Heavenly Father. Uh, I've... Uh, over the years, I've come to discover that God does have a pattern. There are patterns. There are things that Jesus would lay out. There are things that, uh, that as we begin to study the scriptures, there are things that God spoke to his people that really, really enable them to understand the concepts of who God is and how he works in our life. In our family, um, we have a couple of books that are really, really important to us. Uh, we're people we love to eat. Everyone say, hungry. All right, we all love to eat. Now, I don't know about you. Maybe you've been invited over to somebody's house and you were served a meal. And, you know, maybe they did their best. Maybe they didn't do their best. But you were eating the meal and you realize, man, some of those in ingredients don't quite go together. Anybody have a, a meal like that before? Come on. Anybody have a bad meal someplace before? Come on, we've all had a bad meal. Everyone here has had a bad meal. I remember one time somebody was serving us a meal, and, and it was quite unique, to say the least. And I was having a difficult time getting it down. I just asked them, did you use a recipe? Ah, oh, no, I don't use a recipe. What do you need a recipe for? I just go in the kitchen and grab a few things and a little, a little magic here and a little magic there, and voila. And I said, you got magic, all right. Ha, <laughs> ha. And so our family, and our family, my wife is an amazing, yesterday she made Chicken Marcella, whoa, phenomenal. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, you weren't over there, sorry, but it was amazing. But my wife has learned over the years that there are these people that do this for a living, and they're really, really good cooks and chefs, and they put these recipes in little books. And you don't even have to do books now. My son is a, a New York Times guy, and so he re, he, a lot of the meals he prepares, he gets them right from the New York Times. You can go right online. There are thousands, millions of recipes. And you got to watch. You got to watch some of the recipes you pull offline because every once in a while, somebody will throw a, you know, a little bad one in on you. But we take this. And this you, I guarantee you, it might not be exactly what you like because of your taste, but all of these recipes have been tested thousands and thousands of times. And so if you follow this, you follow this, it works. You're going to have yourself a good meal. In the Christian life, in the Christian life, we have a book. We have a, it's called the Bible. Everyone say Bible. And this book is special to us. This book contains God's word. It is the word of God. And it's God's revelation. It's God's letters. Over 40 letters. We call them books. Put together a long time ago by men who had a really unique connection to God. And they wrote these down, and they became for us God's word. And when we follow, we follow the pattern. When we follow the things that God tells us to do, our life goes better. First of all, God tells us how to have a relationship with him. 
God tells us how to have a relationship with people. In God's book, he gives us instructions on how to be a good steward and how to, how to develop right relationships in our marriage and how to raise our kids and how to serve other people and make a difference in our world. God's book is special to us. And so we understand today that there are patterns, there are ways of doing things that really help us, give us the framework and the tools of praying in a way that's the most effective. It's the most effective for us, and it help us, helps us to have a deeper connection and understanding of who our God is. Our very first phrase that I want us to look at is our Father. You can write the blank in there. It is, we have a unique relationship. He's our Father. Did you hear that today? That's very, very special. The, uh, this uh, Paul, uh, Paul the Apostle, who was a follower of Jesus, got saved after Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead, would talk about this relationship. Because this word father in the Latin here was Abba. And what Jesus was introducing, he was introducing to the Jewish people that had gathered around him, that the Father in heaven, the Father in heaven is not a distant God, a far-off God, an aloof God, a God who's not concerned, a God who isn't cared. No, no, no. This concept of father or Abba was more like daddy, daddy. There was this unique, special relationship, and Jesus exhibited it. And he said, listen, when you come to pray to your father, you start off our father. You thank him. You're thanking your dad. You're worshiping him. You're praising him. This is how we start our time in relationship with God. We just begin to worship him. We begin to thank him for being our father, dad. Paul would say in Romans chapter 8, verse number 15, you've not received a spirit that makes you a fearful slave. A lot of people see God as a cruel judge. You're just a slave, and if they mess up one little inch, bam, God's going to smack them, and boom, and then, you know, and, and God does want us to live right kind of lives, but it's based out of a relationship, a heavenly father relationship. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you at his own children. We're now called, we now call him Abba Father. Everyone say Abba Father. Abba Father, our Father. Next thing I want you to see is the word our. A simple little word. Three-letter word. We just skip over it most of the time. But you know the R relates to for you and I today? R uh, to you and I helps us with this understanding. It isn't like sitting down and writing a letter. Dear God. No. It has a specialness. It has this unique sense of personal relationship. And he isn't just my God. He isn't just your God, he's our God. He's our Father. It represents a bigger community, a, a, a bigger understanding that God is working in many different people at the exact same time. The exact same time. And because you and I can call him Father, we can talk to him. We can have a special conversation with him. You know, we, we can have a conversation with him because we have a connection with him as his children. First John chapter 2 talks about this connection. When he, got, when he says that God's poured out his mar marvelous, lavish love on us, now calls us his children. That's a special, unique relationship. That's a special connection. 
When my boys, when my oldest son was about five years of age, I'm not even sure if Keenan was born yet. And you know how kids like to try words out on you? Come on, you know what I'm talking about? I remember my son, he was about five years of age, and, and I walked into the room, and, and with all seriousness, my five-year-old looked at me, Austin, he says, Eugene. I'm like, okay, we don't do that in our family. <laughs> you can call me dad. <laughs> you can call me pops. You can call me daddy, but you don't call me Eugene. No, I don't call you Eugene. Uh, he was trying it out, but he had something serious that he wanted me to talk about. You see, what my son in that moment really didn't understand is that he had a special connection with me. He could call me dad. He could call me daddy. He could call me papi. He could call me papa. He could call me pops. But he doesn't call me Eugene. You know why? Because my two sons, Austin and Keenan, are the only two boys on planet Earth, only two boys that have a biological connection to me that I call my boys. I call a lot of people sons. I have spiritual sons. I have people, pastors in our community, younger pastors who look to me as a spiritual father, and I receive that with great honor, and it actually makes me very, very nervous at times. But I recognize that there are two boys that God gave me the opportunity to steward their lives as young children to put them on a path so that they could have a personal relationship. So our fathers is very important. It's, very, under, it's very, very important that we get this right, that we understand that our father invites us into a community of a larger family, but it's also intimacy, intimacy with him. The second thing that we give thanks to God for is that he is the God who is in heaven. Everyone say in heaven. We're going to talk about in heaven and holy is his name. But in heaven repre represents the sphere of God of what he's over. The, the, the sphere, the influence of God of what he is over. Now, the Old Testament, we have this understanding of God being out there. The heavens are your throne, and the earth is your footstool. Even the New Testament, there's this family concept or understanding that at the end of life, those who've gone before, those who are living, and those who are to come will join and meet God in heaven, meet the Father in heaven. There's that understanding. But it's far more significant than that. Chronicles talks about this powerful God. He talks, about, he talks about how he is full of greatness and glory and splendor. Everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. He's the ruler. He's exalted over all. That's the concept of heaven here. Heaven is this sense of this powerful one who is over all. We were flying back from Seattle a couple months ago, coming back from a wedding, and I was leaning out the window of my my, my seat, and, and I saw Mount Rainier. It was amazing. It was just absolutely mind-boggling. I mean, I, I, we lived in the Northwest for about 13 years, and there's some beautiful mountains there. There's Mount Rainier, Mount Hood, Mount Bachelor, and the Three Sisters. There's some beautiful mountain ranges, Mount St. Helens. Some of you heard about the blue up. Mount Rainier is the most famous mountain because it's 14,441 feet high. It's big. Everyone say big. It's grande, man. Really grande. Mucho grande. It's a big, big mountain. Very big. And I looked at it, and I just thought, wow, that, think of the power. Think of the energy, the force that it took for that mountain to pop up out of the ground. Come on, that was a lot of power. God that you and I serve is that God. He's the God who is all-powerful. He's the creator God. 
He's the ruler God. Jesus said nothing is impossible for our God. Nothing is impossible for our God. He's the sustainer God. Colossians says he was before everything existed and everything in him exists. And he holds all creation together. He holds it all together. Do you see that? He holds it all together. But personally, you have to know that as he's provider father. I'm a good dad. My boys now, they're out of the house. Almost, almost. The one is dragging his feet. He's 24. He's almost, we're trying to send him out to school again. It's close, it's close. We're gonna have to keep a room. Well, I already know it. But I want the best for my boys. I move heaven and earth for my boys. As a matter of fact, the older they get, the more I want to do for them. Because now I just, I don't know. It's just, I want to see them win. When your children leave today, they're gonna get something special. It's a little box like this. It's just, you know, it's a simple little token that we give to every child that comes today. And this is like a little lunch box that they can take. It's kind of cool. I like the City Church logo. We love red. Right? I don't know about you, but I like red. I like the color red. It's a nice bright color. And inside of there, there's something really special. You know what this is? This is a one-bite snackable. Yeah, you know, we call them Lunchables, but it's not really a Lunchable. I mean, how many of these you got to give? It might be like a three-year-old lunch. But in my world, that's, that's, that's a lunch. It's a snackable. And you know what this represents? When your child opens his lunch pail up and there's a snackable inside of there, he knows that he didn't buy that probably. Probably, right? I mean, he knows that somebody prepared that. Somebody gave that to him. Somebody provided that for him. And your heavenly father, Paul, said that everything that you have need of, all that you have need of, my God, our Father in heaven will supply all that we have need of according to his riches and glory. And so we pray to this father who is in heaven, holy, holy is his name. That word holy there is something in our culture today. Not much is holy anymore. Come on, not much is holy. Everything is desecrated. Everything is uh, just kind of nothing is special, nothing is sacred. The word holy in the Bible is sacred. It's a special name. Our Father, the revelation of our Father through His Son Jesus is a special name. Paul the Apostle would talk about this name in Philippians. And look what he says here in Philippians chapter 2. God has given him, our Father has highly exalted him and given him the name who? Jesus. The name that is above every other name. So at that name, at the name of Jesus, every knee would bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father in heaven. This name, this is special. Whew. This is such a special name. This name is so special. We receive this revelation of this specialness, this sacredness. The word sacred means something that is set apart for a special use. That's what it means. And there are things in our culture that are sacred. Instead of my bag, I have a couple of emblems that are sacred, I believe, to most of us who are believers today, at least if we understand them. The first one is the cross. The cross. This is special to us. 
this, this little artifact isn't special to us. There's no magic power in this, but it's what it represents. And do you know what this represents to us? It's rep, it represents what Jesus did on the cross 2,000 years ago when he gave his sinless life so that you and I could have a special relationship with him. It's why several years ago there was a famous artist, or he became famous, because he took an image of a cross and he stuck it in something really nasty. I mean, it's just vile. It's just really, really vile. Put it in there. And then they put it in, you know, the New York or the London or some famous art museum around the world. It probably traveled. And, and it was his depiction of what he thought of God. That's what it was. He was blaspheming. He was mocking. He was making fun of. He was making it worth nothing. And he used this emblem of the cross. But for you and I, this cross is special. It's sacred. There's something else that's sacred in our life today as believers. We do this once a month here at City Church. It's called communion, koinea. It's, a, it's something that we do corporately, our Father, our family of God, but it also has personal individual significance. Uh, this cup here it was so special to the early church. This, now, they didn't do a cup like this. It was actually a meal. It's called a love feast. It was called koinea. They would sit around and they would begin to just be so thankful. Like our Father, they were so thankful for all that Jesus had done for them. And they would take this little cup. We take the cup. They would not, they, they would take a different cup, but they would, they would take the bread, which represented Jesus' body. And when they would take this bread, they would actually take a, a, a piece of bread, uh, un, unleavened bread, they would break it. And for them, that represented the father that was with the children of Israel and the children of Israel in the wilderness when he provided manna for them. When Jesus would stand before them and he would say, if you eat of my body, you eat of this bread and you will never hunger again. That was significant. This was a very sacred thing to them. And then they would take the cup. And that cup inside of it had wine. That's what we use here in our church, grape juice. And that would represent the blood of Jesus. Holy, our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name. And they would take that cup and they would remember the name of Jesus and what it had done for them. You see, at the name of Jesus, the Bible says, every person that calls on his name shall be saved. At the name of Jesus, when you call on the name of Jesus, not when you call on the name of Muhammad, not on the name of Buddha, not on the name of Harry Krishna, not on the name of any president or any other power or deity or entity. No, no, no. There was only one name. Only one name. And when they took that cup and they drank that, that juice, which represented his blood, they were saying that name, in that name is salvation. But not only is there salvation, there's forgiveness of my sins. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and to cleanse us from all of our wrongdoing. How do we do it? We do it in his name. But not only do we find forgiveness of our sins, we find today that he gives us his Holy Spirit in his name. He did miracles. He worked wonders among them. In the mighty name of Jesus, signs and wonders were done in his name. Why? They had a connection with their heavenly father. They, they understood what Jesus was talking about. They understood the power that represented that name. Sometimes you'll tell 
a child to do uh, uh, sometimes they'll tell a child to go and tell another child to do something and, and they'll go and tell them and they won't budge an inch the child comes back down and says Susie she's not coming to dinner because she's not hungry and then you turn to that child and you say daddy says you go tell her daddy says you get on down here now and all of a sudden that child has authority all of a sudden, that, it, ain't just, it, it isn't just little Johnny going and telling Susie to come down and have dinner. It's now, Daddy says, when you use the name of Jesus, you have the authority and the power of the person behind that name. Come on. Oh, it's a powerful name. It's a powerful name. So what do we do today? What do we do today? How do we, how, do, how do we handle this today? What do we do with all this? See, God's given you permission. The Father's given us permission to use the name of his son, Jesus. Do you know that today? He's given you that. Now, you might not walk in that. You might understand that. But today, my job is to help you at least begin to take a step. For, for you in your personal life and in your family life, and then us corporately as a church, begin to take a step in understanding the power that there is when we begin to have special encounters and conversations with God. Some of you today, the first thing that needs to happen, the first thing, you just need to like start talking to God at your mealtime. You can put that, I got a couple things you can just, just put up my list here. I mean, very simply, very simply, you can just start to pray, pray and thank God at every meal. I mean, even when you're at work, I mean, maybe no one else does it and it's a little bit awkward. And you're at a corporate dinner or you're at a lunch function, you can still bow your head and pray. I know, you know, it's uncomfortable and man, it really kind of sets us apart. But I mean, there's just something about acknowledging publicly that you are thankful for what you're about to receive. You can do it at your breakfast table, you can do it at your lunch table, you can do it at your dinner table. I understand it's awkward at times, but just that simple little step, man, something begins to shift in your world. Uh, the other thing is, uh, some of our families here today, I want to encourage you today. I want to I really, really encourage you to, is to spend at least maybe this next week, three days, two days, five days, and have a family time. And now here's the deal. Don't try to read the Bible to your kids all in one setting. Come on. Uh, you haven't done it all. You haven't done it your whole life, and you're going to sit down, and you're going to teach them all the heavy revelations of God. No, don't do that. Pastor Glenn brought me this. This is what they use for Ethan and Karis. It's the Jesus storybook. Uh, and some of you maybe are really tech into tech, and you can, you know, there's you version if, if you're a Christian and you use that for your Bible. You version has tons of kids' things, but there's something about having a little book like this and letting your kids see the pages. This particular storybook is powerful. It, it, it weaves the story of the gospel all through it from Genesis to Revelation as it tells the story of God. When my boys were in high school, uh, I, this book right here, The Purpose Driven Life, became the number one best-selling book in all of all time. And we actually sat down with our family. And, and it's just simple. We, we couldn't even do a chapter a day. I mean, this took months and months and months to go through. And we would go just start you know, The Purpose Driven Life. What is, why am I here? Ask, answer that question. And we would do that. I mean, parents, listen, I mean, we're going to encourage your kids. We're going to challenge your kids. We're going to try to motivate your kids. But you're going to teach your kids by your life how to have a relationship with their Heavenly Father. For our church family today, our Heavenly Father, our understanding, our faith, 
We're going to participate in an all-church prayer and fasting from September 9th through 15th. For the last, the last week of this series, the very last week, I'm going to encourage you to come up every night. Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday. We're going to come up at 7 o'clock and we're going to pray for one hour. We're going to pray in the auditorium every night, and, and we're going to have music playing. Probably won't have a worship time every time. But on that last Sunday night, the last night of the series, we're going to have a time of corporate prayer and praise. And I expect this place to be full. Come on, I expect on that night, God had done something so marvelous and so wonderful. As your connection with him has gone deeper, we're going to have a time at that Sunday at 6 o'clock that's going to raise the roof. The presence and the power of God is going to be so real just kind of throw in a small group plug here. Every Friday, 11.30 or 12, I like to call it the businessman's lunch. But from 12 to 1, we have a group of people that pray. If you're here and you live in the area, you can just stop by. Just stop by. They pray. It's right at one hour, maybe a little longer, hour and a half for those that are really committed. But you come and we're going to pray. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes today. Our altar call is simply this. Our worship team is preparing to come. Our altar call is simply this. Today is family day. And tomorrow, most people in this room, maybe some of you have already done it, but tomorrow for most people in Seminole County, children, young people, students are going back to school. And what we informed everyone last week is that we were going to invite the families of our church and the people that teach or involved in teaching children in the public and private school, we were going to invite you to come to the altar. Now listen, you're not going to have to do anything, but we simply, at the very end of this little song that the worship team is going to do, at the very end of that, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for our students. I'm going to pray for our teachers. I'm going to pray for, I'm going to pray for the schools, the public and private schools. I'm going to pray God's peace, God's protection, God's provision. I'm going to pray that God's presence will be with them. And so I, I want you to stand at this time. And, and the instructions are very simple. This is our altar call today. If you're a family, if your child is here, if you're a student and your parents aren't, it doesn't matter. If you're a teacher or you work in a school, I invite you to come and just join me right here at the altar right now. Come on. Can we make this quick here? And then in just a few moments, our leaders and workers are going to stand behind you and we're going to pray. But if we could just begin to move towards the altars right now. Families, parents, dads, moms, high schoolers, middle schoolers. Everybody come. Look at me just for a moment today. I want you to know today that Miss Laura and I, we are deeply committed to you. You are the reason that City Church started. You're the reason that we are here today. 
You are our mission. You are our life. And we consider it such an honor to serve you. Our team here, every person in our team, every person in our staff has the same heart and the and same passion. We love you today. We love you moms. We love you dads. We love you students. We love you teachers. We're so thankful for your service. Teachers, we are so thankful. Can we take just a moment and thank all the teachers and those who work with our kids? Come on, let's just take a moment. We are so thankful for you today. I'm going to first pray blessing over our students and parents that are here praying over people just find someone lay a hand on a shoulder but I want you to lay your hands on your student I'm going to pray blessing over them and then students in just a moment I'm going to pray over the parents and I want you to lay hands on the parents and then any teachers in the room we just want you to know you're, we're going to pray over you as well but can we do that this morning Father thank you right now Lord I pray over every student that's here today Lord, we thank you. Lord, like our Savior, like your Savior who grew in wisdom and knowledge and favor with God and man, Lord, I pray today, I pray for our students today, God, that they will grow in wisdom. God, they will not just get book smart, but they will become spiritually smart and understand, Jesus, how you are working in every aspect and dimension of their life. Jesus, I, I pray that you would keep them physically healthy and strong. I pray this would be a year of blessing. God, I pray for strength and grace to do what you've asked them to do in this season of their life as they prepare themselves for an amazing destiny and future that they have in you. Father, I pray, Lord, that I pray for students that are here today, God, who have been, who have been tormented in the past, maybe by bullies. I, I pray that you will protect them, that they will find favor. God, I thank you right now that they will find favor not only with their fellow students, with their teachers, but God, our students will find favor with you, our Father in heaven. And Lord, I ask right now for every family, for every parent, for every dad, for every single mom, I pray, God, that you will give them the wisdom that they need. God, give them the strength. Give them the resources. Thank you that you are bringing the right people and the right relationships into their family and their home. God, I pray for dads today to rise up and take spiritual leadership and be the men you created and called them to be in their lives. Father, I pray today. Father, I pray today. I pray for every mom, every single mom. Oh, God, they need you. They need you to be their provider. They need you to be their helper, Lord. Help them, Lord. Bring the right male influences into their children's lives that they need. God, we understand today the role of the, of the parent in their life. God, to shape and direct and to guide them. Lord, I pray for the teachers. I thank you. So grateful for those who have been touched and pulled and tugged by the Holy Spirit to help raise up the next generation. God, those teachers and those, those school workers who will spend hours and hours, those administrators who are in the room, God, who dedicated their life to see our children become everything you've called and created them to be. God, I thank you for City Church Academy, God, that's launching, God, that's 12th year in this community. I pray for Francine and Tiffany and the teachers and all the directors and all the workers today. Father, I thank you for the students, Lord, in our public schools and our private schools that are represented here today. And I speak the Father's blessing. I speak the Father's blessing. Lord, may you go with them, before them, maybe you be behind them. God, may I pray that you may cause everything in their life and their world to have a, a fresh reality of who you are, a good, good Father. In Jesus' wonderful name. Come on, let's make this our declaration today.